again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 141 of Radiance, my original Fallout fan fiction. As always, if you can like, share, and subscribe to this wherever you can, and leave feedback at sites via fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. I always enjoy reading your comments and seeing what you're thinking. And you know, if you've got any ideas, you're always free to leave them on my Discord or on these sites. And you know, if I like the ideas, I might pick them up and use them. You never know. But if you do pop over to ghostnobody.com, why don't you check out Stormrider? You know, if big surly dragon-esque girls, orcs and elves, magical realms, and human mages are your sort of thing, check it out. You might enjoy it. And also, while you're there, why not pop over to the ghostly link section? Check out Mortis, my original novel, for sale on both Smashwords and on Amazon. Pick it up. Help support me and keep me doing what I love, bringing unlikely alien romance stories to you good people. So, without any further ado then, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, at first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout or anything to do with it, that's all Bethesda. I just keep crazy tales happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 141. Comrades in Arms. This is Eagle Eye 11, sitting Duck 11, how copy over? Celine's voice came over the comms inside Sasha's power-armoured suit, and he winced as he could feel the glares coming from his comrades. You just had to prod the snarky bird woman with stick, didn't you? Natalia said, referring to the fun he decided to have by calling Celine's scout team Eagle Eye as a collective call sign, which had obviously irked the large condor somewhat as it had kind of backfired when she'd instantly countered by suggesting the call sign sitting duck for his Cossacks. Now, Sasha could have vetoed it, given the overall command of the team, but he had always believed in fair play, and given that she'd countered him so quickly with that one, despite still suffering the effects of her hangover, had admittedly impressed him. So he'd simply laughed at it and nodded. Though the joke didn't seem to sit well with his other human companions by the death glares he could now feel him trying to punch through his armour. Is fair. I teased her, she teased me right back. Is nothing more or less than I'd expect from any of you, he said before reaching for the PTT on the back of his arm. This is Sitting Duck 1-1. Go ahead, Eagle Eye 1-1, over, he said, putting real emphasis on the word eagle as he could almost hear her clacking her beak in annoyance at it over the beating of the vertebrate blades. We have reached the staging area and beginning our primary sweep. So far all looks quiet down there. Over, she said. Roger this. Be aware, looks can be deceiving when it comes to ghouls. They like to hide in most unlikely of places. Keep heads on swivel until we are on ground. Sitting duck, one one, over and out. Sasha replied, releasing his PTT. Roger that. Eagle Eye, one one, over and out. Celine replied. Teasing women is one thing, but teasing women who can peck out your eyes through your suit is quite other. Ivan said, making Sasha snort a laugh. How can they expect to live and work with us if they cannot take jokes? So far they have endured both you and your drinking games and me and my crappy call signs. So far is so good, yes? Sasha said, shrugging. We will see. We have yet to see them in combat. This will be meat truly meets metal, Natasha said, and Sasha nodded in agreement. 
taking a joke and even a drinking session was one thing, but the real truth of the pudding would be in their first engagement when it broke out. And this would truly prove their mettle, and their worth as soldiers. So, also now show us how far they were able to go as to far as to trusting their new comrades. 30 seconds to drop, the pilot suddenly called back and Sasha gave him a thumbs up before signalling his team to get ready. All of them stood up and moved to the two side doors of the assault vertebrates, two to a side. Now, where most Brotherhood units like to touch their vertebrate down and quick drop their soldiers into a combat zone on the ground, the Cossacks were not your average Brotherhood soldiers. Go, go, go! The pilot yelled and Sasha hit the button to change the lights above both doors from red to green, which caused all four of them to simply step out into the air. All four Cossacks rocketed downwards towards the ground like oversized stones before hitting the concrete with a series of booms which announced their presence on the surrounding landscape rather effectively. They did this for two main reasons. The first was for speed, and while most people didn't exactly expect their enemy to drop in from above their heads these days. The second tied into this further, as it was seriously intimidating seeing a power-armoured soldier drop from the sky above your head before charging into battle as if nothing had happened. It was a powerful psychological tool that they had in their arsenal. Now most power-armour frames were indeed built to absorb the impact from jumping from great height, with little or no risk to the user. But the Cossacks always tended to go well above and beyond with their engineering. Their power armour suits not only had reinforced joints and shock absorbers capable of withstanding a terminal velocity impact with no risk to the user, but they'd also outfitted them with a series of explosive vents that released a powerful explosive pressure as they hit the ground. Which not only added to the psychological effect of their entrance, but helped clear the area, immediate area if need be. As they hit the ground, the boom of their impacts peeled away across the landscape and the group instantly formed up into a diamond shape, with each of them facing outwards at its four points. Keep it tight, people. No telling if our little friends are going to hit us up here or wait till we go underground, Sasha said as he thumbed the pre-spin button on his side of his gun which started his barrel spinning so that their spin-up time would be reduced when firing. Suddenly, from high above them, a shot rang out and Sasha saw a tracer shoot downwards in between the buildings ahead of them. It was the Valkyries using tracer rounds to show them exactly where their enemy was going to come from. Eagle Eye 1-1 to Sitting Duck 1-1, we've engaged hostiles moving in your direction. From a tunnel entrance approximately 200 metres to your north, over, Celine's voice said before another shot screamed down from the sky as well as a series of others. Sasha found himself wondering how in the name of hell they managed to fire their weapons accurately while actually flying. Even if they were missing, at least they knew where their enemy were coming from. Roger that, Eagle Eye 1-1. We will engage as soon as they make themselves known. Over and out, Sasha said, and he signalled for the others for them to set up a firing line facing in the direction that the shots were falling down on. It didn't take long for the rotters to show themselves. And by the looks of it, there were quite a few of them, as a line of feral ghouls slowly shambled into view from between the buildings. On my mark, unleash hell upon them, Sasha said, and he could see every one of his people taking up the aim. Suddenly there was a series of whooshes from above them, and instinctively he ducked as the Valkyries did a low pass overhead. As she quickly recovered, 
He caught sight of Celine giving him an upside-down smirk before she flipped over and flew her people right over the ferals' heads. For a moment, Sasha wondered what in the name of hell they were doing. It was until his eyes caught sight of a few small shapes that they were airdropping into the centre of the group. The first of the grenades exploded with a massive green flash of the plasma it contained when critical, as it breached its containment before washing outwards over the ghouls around the detonation point, turning them all into fizzing puddles of green goo in its wake. Open fire and keep your barrels low. Do not hit our comrades with strays, Sasha yelled, and as one, his entire team opened fire. It was only now that the ghouls even seemed to notice Sasha and his team, and as one, those still standing from the grenades going off in their midst turned to look at the four humans who were sending a wall of lead and lasers in their direction. Honestly, it was like the ghouls had just run face first into a wall as the first of the projectiles hit them. But regardless of how many of them were shredded into meaty confetti, still they charged relentlessly onwards towards Sasha and his people. Behind them there was a fluttering sound that they only just heard because of the advanced acoustic sensors in their helmets filtering out the gunshots to protect their hearing. Suddenly, in the gaps between the power-armoured Cossacks, the Valkyries appeared, each of them touting impressive-looking DMR rifles, which had obviously switched to on the wing for close-up engagements. They wasted absolutely zero time getting stuck into the firefight alongside their new comrades, and adding their bullets to the wall of lead that was descending on the wall of irradiated flesh that was charging up the hill towards them without a single shred of fear. Thankfully, the 20mm rotary cannon that Sasha was wielding didn't exactly give a single fuck if they were fearless or not. The colossal round it fired would go through three, four, even five of them in a straight line before the explosive tips detonated on the 5th or 6th, turning them inside out. If it hadn't been for the reinforced servos of the power armour suit he was wearing, he'd probably have had no chance of lifting a gun like this, let alone being able to fire it and keep it on target. The weapon had recoil stabilisers also fitted to it to prevent it shaking the living shit out of the aircraft that it was supposed to be mounted to. But thanks to some serious modifications, this now man-portable monster of a weapon was the perfect tool for mass crowd control. Well, crowd control in the no you no longer wanted the crowd to exist in solid form anyway. That's when the assault vertebrate that had brought them in circled around the flank of the horde and truly tipped it over the edge for the special forces team by now opening up with its nose-mounted rotary cannons. It had two cannons, very similar to the one that Sasha himself was carrying, mounted directly underneath its nose. These were controlled by the co-pilot, which freed the pilot up to focus on keeping the craft clear of the troops or any potential hazards on the ground. Under this truly monstrous barrage of fire, from both the Cossacks, the Valkyries and now the Vertebird, the horde of feral ghouls was reduced to nothing more than a giant slimy stain on the ground that led from the edge of the abandoned town they were currently sat outside of right to the entrance of the underground railway system nearby. Cease fire! I think we're clear, Sasha said, lowering his smoking gun barrels and letting them spin down while waving his free hand in the air to signal his intent to his people. And as one, the team stopped firing and began to swap out their magazines for new fresh ones. Check ammo. Make sure you have enough to continue onwards. If you're short, pick up a resupply from the human aircraft. Also, if anyone is injured in any way, make it known now. Celine said, addressing them all, Valkyrie and Cossack alike. Sasha nodded approvingly. She was really stepping well into the role of his second-in-command and was straight away showing her care for those under her command. 
As if on cue, the vertebrate itself circled around and put down on the road behind them, keeping its engines in low power mode so that it could lift off at a moment's notice. That little scuffle ate through about half of my ammo. I'm glad I chose to put more cans on bird, Sasha said as he chucked his ammo counter on his head. Thanks to his weapon being a rotary cannon, all of its ammo was displayed as a single large number rather than split off into magazines like all of the others. Can that suit of yours carry any more than you have on you already? Celine asked and Sasha nodded, but before he could answer, uh, I even got there first. You kid, yes? I watched this man walk into battle with enough ammo hanging off him to bring him down entire enclave, single-handed. Pity I had to use all on one mile lurk and their queen. But at least I had my, like, steaks to go, with good vodka that night, he said, and Celine cracked her beak in annoyance. Is vodka all you think about? She asked, and before I even could answer, half of his comrades got there first. Da, they all said in unison. Morning, noon, sometimes if he is not pissed as fart by then, night as well. I'm sure he dreams of it too, Natalia said, making the grizzled veteran scowl at her through her helmet. Slander, I tell you. Boss, tell these harpies stop bullying me. Is making how the Americans say hostile work environment. Ivan said, turning to Sasha, who was trying his hardest to remain professional and not laugh his ass off in front of their new comrades. Well, that was until he saw the smirk forming on Celine's oddly handsome face, anyway. Seemed that she was having a bit of the same struggle as him. Pretty sure his mother made the mistake of many parents when he was young, Sasha said, addressing his comment to Celine, who cocked her large and rather regal head to one side in curiosity as she fixed her large golden eyes on him. Oh, and what mistake is that? she asked, as she checked her own magazines and the pair began to walk towards the bird to rearm along with the rest of the team now trailing behind them while still arguing. Parents of wayward children who caught their children consuming things like tobacco before they are supposed to would often make them smoke whole pack of cigarettes, make them sick, turns them off it. Think Ivan's parents tried this with vodka. It fucking backfired, he said making Celine bark a laugh as she nodded in understanding. Maybe it seems that we're not so different after all. Valkyrie parents often use tricks such as these to discipline their wayward chicks as well, she said, bringing her large hook beak up into an obvious smile. I guess free peoples of wastes are onto something. Seems we have more in common than we have differences, he said as he detached the large backpack filled with belt-fed 20mm from his back and went through the process of unloading the gun itself. Celine nodded in agreement as she pulled some empty magazines she'd stowed in her belt kit and placed them into an empty ammo can, while taking some fresh ones from another can that was in the back and placing them in the pouches. Yes, I do believe I can see this. When you first explained your plan to me, I will admit I had my doubts about it. I thought it was needlessly overdramatic, but I stowed my doubts for the sake of pro proving our dedication to this cause. But as I saw this plan unfold before me, I see the sense in it. That, that eluded me before. The loud sounds drew the horde towards the killing zone, funneling them through the narrow gaps in the buildings and forcing them into our lanes of fire. If it had been left to what I had planned in my head, I believe we could have possibly failed because we were simply too many of them to handle without the heavy weapon support, Celine said in a rare show of humility. Sasha placed a large armoured hand on her massive muscular shoulder and gave it a squeeze causing her to look at him slightly alarmed with a ruffle of feather until she realised he was showing her camaraderie and the feathers fell back into place. It's all right, Celine. 
is why we work together, yes? And do not be too harsh on yourself. Your idea about using traces to draw attentions to approach vector was genius. It sped up things, allowed us to form firing line much quicker. It seems we work well together already. But if you have doubts about my plans or ideas, bring them to me. I wish to you to speak your mind whether you think I will like it or not. I did not make you my second in command as token gesture. I believe that you have earned prestigious rank among your people, who in your our eyes are already battle-proven warriors of great merit. This, then, is good enough for me. I will trust your decisions and your thoughts. All I ask is same respect in return. He said. The shocked look flickered over Selene's face as if his words genuinely surprised her that he could already hold her in such high regard. But it was quickly replaced with a determined smile and she narrowed her eyes and gave him a nod. Deal, Commander. From now on I won't hold my tongue, for better or for worse. I'll voice my opinions as they come, she said and he nodded before clapping her on the shoulder again. Good. I would expect nothing less from one of my own. And if you were going to become one of our own... And I expect this from you too. Now, come, we have much work to do. If there are this many ferals on surface, there will be many, many more underground. Sasha said, picking up a double backpack that was filled to the brim with 20mm and feeding the chain into his gun for cocking it and racking around to the chamber and checking the mechanism. As the team began to move towards the subway opening, they did have to pass through the field of devastation that their weapons had wrought on all of them and they couldn't help but feel a little sorry for the creatures that they'd just simply annihilated. Here and there, a few crippled ghouls were groaning and trying to move, having been crippled by the team's hail of bullets, but not fully killed, and Sasha noticed a look of sympathy on Celine's face as she looked at one such creature that was now missing both of its legs and its arms. It reached out towards her with what remained of one tattered arm. What could cause such creatures to exist, let alone take such punishment and still keep going like this? She said softly as he watched the ghoul trying desperately to flex its ruined fingers, all that hung limply from the restraint remains of its hand, which had taken one of the large calibre bullets straight through it, shattering it. Radiation. There are many ghouls that are good people, like you or I. They live same lives as us, just much longer. Some of them have been around since war itself ended, Sasha said, letting his rotary cannon hang on its bracing arm, which was attached to his armour, and helped him control the recoil of the massive weapon and hold it on target. I have heard stories told by our scouts of such creatures, but I always took them with a pinch of seed, as the stories are of an overactive mind in hostile territory. I knew there were nightmares made flesh that stalked the lands below our fair city, but to see them with my own eyes is both humbling and troubling, Celine said, never taking her eyes off the blood-red ones of the ruined ghoul as it reached out towards her. It's very sad, yes. Like I said, many ghouls are good people who try just to make best of bad hand life dealt to them. They did not ask to be remade this way, but they make best of it and go on with life. It's very commendable, and I often ask myself if I could do same. But then there are those that end up like this whether it be overdose of radiation or simply losing will to live. Many theories as to why it happens. But as there are many stars in sky or empty vodka bottles in Ivan's locker. But happens all same, Sasha said, trying to lighten Celine's morose mood somewhat, and by the soft smile across her beak for the briefest of moments, he was at least somewhat successful. 
Finally, he drew his sidearm from his holster embedded on his armoured thigh, and she looked at the weapon for a moment. What are you doing? It's helpless and can't hurt no one now. Why kill it? She asked. His mercy. Ghouls are ageless, and it can survive like this despite appearances. It may very well not die if leave like this, but it will not regrow limbs that we tear off it. So here it will remain, helpless and anguished by wounds that will never heal. I am soldier, not monster. If my foe is beaten and helpless, I will show them mercy, in whichever form I can deliver it. In this case, is swift death, no more, no less. This burden we must bear as victors. If I ever found myself in such position, I would hope that someone somewhere would have same mercy upon me, and put me out of misery so that I might have peace too. He said before levelling the large revolver at the ghoul's swollen and misshapen head, before pulling the trigger. The retort of the massive revolver split the silence like a hammer striking a gong, before peeling off across the landscape all around them. The large-caliber bullets split the ghoul's skull open like a watermelon hit with a sledgehammer, but it did at least end its suffering in a split second. Sasha turned to his Cossacks and there was an unspoken nod that passed between them. And there's all in this moment he got a series of nods in return before they all drew their sidearms, split up and moved to dispatch any of the survivors. As Selene and her Valkyries watched, the Cossacks moved among the large piles of corpses and body parts and fired single shots into their fallen adversaries, sending them on to the next life, if there was indeed such a thing. Meanwhile, she and her brethren said a brief prayer to the great flock that they might take pity on these souls of these poor creatures and grant them at least some measure of peace in eternity. Once they were done with their little mission of mercy, the group reformed back up into their two teams once again and began to move towards the cavernous entrance to the underground tunnels. Have you ever ventured underground before? Sasha asked as he saw Selene's expression as she looked into the ink-like blackness that began only a few feet into the tunnel mouth. I've never had the need. I've spoken to a few scouts that have ventured into their depths very briefly and they all told stories that I just passed off at the time as horror stories meant to frighten young chicks. Now I find myself unsure of the validity of such claims having seen that, she said gesturing over her shoulder. I can tell you from much, much experience. All but most likely true. There are true horrors that lurk in shadows of darkness down here, and take that from someone who was born into them. Cool head, calm nerve will serve you well here. Stick close, breathe deep. Here, take these, we'll help. I brought enough for all of you, as I figured you may need them. I'm not sure if they will fit given size of eyes. I did not have time to properly modify them, but I did best. Sasha said, handing the large condor a slightly modified set of night vision goggles. What are they? she asked, taking them from him. Night vision. will let you see in dark like it's daylight. Ivan said, switching on the barely visible red flood lamp on the side of his helmet, which indicated he powered up, powered up his suit's internal night vision system as well. All of the Valkyries took a set from him, except for Ava, who told him her eyes, her eyes saw better in the dark than they did in daylight, so she'd be fine without any aid. After the slight entertainment stop watching the Valkyries trying to get the grips with their new toys, the team ventured now onwards, now splitting into the two groups in accordance with their assigned team within the unit. Sasha's team took the left side of the tunnel, while Ava took the right, 
This was to prevent them stacking up so tightly and to prevent any kind of crossfire should they have to engage threats on either side. As the gravel of the tunnel thaw clenched under both Boot and Talon, the group moved forward, covering their arcs of fire, listening for any signs of movement other than their own as they proceeded further deeper underground. The tunnel itself had a subtle slope to it, which showed that every step they took moved them deeper and deeper into the earth, until after finally what felt like a bit of an eternity, but in reality was less than an hour, it finally evened itself out. How far is this depot? Selene asked in a soft voice from behind Sasha as she swung her DMR across her fire arc looking towards a small maintenance tunnel that branched off the right side of the tunnel. They never put these things close to surface for fear of attack or being bombed. They are hidden of civil on civilian lines so that they are hard to find on purpose, Sasha said as he swept his rotary cannon across the tunnel ahead of them. Beats me how you humans can tolerate this. She mumbled and Sasha glanced back at her, making sure not to aim his powerful infrared torch into her eyes. Tolerate what? He asked without breaking his stride. Not being able to see the sky for such long periods of time? To us, Valkyries, any time being away from the freedom of the great open skies sets us on edge. She said, flinching and snapping her rifle to the right, just in time to see a small rat freeing from her perceived rage. Humans are quite adaptable, yes? That is not to say we do not miss skies when we are confined underground, but we adapt to living great many places across this great blue ball we call home, everywhere from great ice fields of polar region to depths of seas themselves. Did you know once we had entire cities on bottom of ocean? Two, to be in fact, Sasha said, reciting something he'd learned from one of the many history books he'd read in his youth in the tunnels while bored. Really? Selene asked in surprise and Sasha nodded. Started as research lab to study great ocean life, and gradually became so much more. Grew until it came to size of great cities, housed in great giant metal and glass domes at bottom of ocean. Sometimes I wonder if still there, hidden away from horrors of world at large. Can't imagine the even power of bombs reached them down there, he said thoughtfully. Selene clacked her by beak in what could have been wonder as she seemed to consider what he just said. Hmm, does seem that you humans are quite adaptable, more so than I would have ever thought, really. I suppose if your kind can tolerate living at the bottom of a vast sea without seeing the skies for possibly their entire lives, then I guess we can tolerate, tolerate a dank tunnel for at least a little bit, she said and Sasha laughed. You give yourselves too little credit. It seems to me that you Valkyries are adapting even as we speak. He replied, turning his gun to track a rat that was running on ahead of them, his light picked out. How so? She replied with an obvious note of scepticism to her voice. Not think of it. Until recently you said yourself, only Valkyries that spent time on ground were your scouts. Then take us. We were sworn enemies once. Now look at us. We fight side by side as allies and valiant comrades. And now you have Valkyries taking orders from humans and humans taking orders from Valkyries. Seems to me that you and your people adapt very fast. Plus, you have not one, but two teams of your soldiers fighting alongside us now, he said. Selene clacked her beak and nodded her head as her feathers ruffled in what could he took to be a display of pride. You're right, Sasha, and I'm glad that a human could acknowledge these efforts, she said with a smile and he nodded. 
That's when he heard a very familiar sound travelling on the very still air of the tunnel, and he raised a bald fist over his shoulder, bringing the team to a dead halt. On the other side of the tunnel, Ava did the same, and both groups dead stepped off the walls to create a staggered firing line facing down the tunnel like a bit of an inverted arrowhead. What do you see? Celine hissed quietly. Not see. Here, Sasha said in a soft voice. From the deep shadows ahead of them where the torches failed to reach, a very familiar noise echoed in the darkness, making it near impossible to pin it down. A deep, throaty groan. Ghouls, Celine said and Sasha nodded before re reaching into the rear of his belt and pulling out a small potato-shaped device from his belt. He pulled the pin on the odd-shaped grenade and pitched it down the tunnel, as far as he could send it, and which, thanks to his power armour, was pretty damn far. The small grenade bounced off the tunnel walls before it triggered and let out an ungodly screeching noise, with a whole host of little flashing lights, which were designed not to disrupt their night vision by using bandwidths which didn't really interfere with it. Before Selene asked, I had the chance to ask him what in the name of hell evil potato there was what sounded like an angry roar from up ahead and all of their weapons snapped up into the aim as one. It seemed that the evil potato was actually a lure of some kind as out of the darkness on the edge of their light a large group of ghostly figures appeared and instantly congregated around the screeching potato all jostling one another as they looked at it in obvious confusion. That's when the evil potato decided to unleash its final party trick. It exploded. Now, while not as powerful as a normal frag or plasma grenade, it really wasn't meant to be, as it was an incendiary grenade, and at its core it had a small core of highly dense napalm-like substance which sent glowing little globs of burning mess in every direction as it exploded. Fire! Sasha yelled, and as one the team opened up, which in the tight confines of the tunnel made them all glad they were wearing ear protection. The rotary cannon roared to life with all the anger and fury of a whole pack of angry death claws that had just all had their tails stamped on, and sending just as much death down range as aforementioned death claws. Before the ghouls could even figure out what in the name of hell was happening to them, a de death hit them like a wave. Advance! Keep those angles tight! Watch crossfire! Sasha yelled into the comms so he could be heard in the ungodly din of their weapons were chattering in the confined tunnels. As one, the entire team began to move forward, all while still firing into the completely confused and disorientated ferals that were packed tightly into the tunnel ahead of them, as more and more were attracted to the noise, only to hit a wall of their dead brethren. The result was a complete bloodbath. The team's bullets were cutting through multiple targets, especially those firing higher calibers like Sasha and Celine. In less than a single minute, every single feral ghoul that had been haunting the transit switching hub ahead of them lay dead or dying in the tunnel mouth. Well, I certainly can't deny your tactics are not effective or efficient, Celine said, looking at the bodies piled high in the tunnel mouth where the ferals at the rear had tried to scramble over the fallen brethren, only to get shredded just like them moments later as they were exposed. We have had many years of practice at this. If there is one thing we Cossacks do well, is clear tunnels, Sasha said, checking the drum on his weapon to find that he'd only expended just shy of a quarter of his ammunition. So I can see, she said. 
Just like on the surface, the Cossacks drew their sidearms to dispatch the mortally wounded, but not yet dead ferals. Only this time, they were joined by their Valkyrie comrades. It seemed now that they did not wish them to bear the burden of this dirty deed alone. Once they had pushed through the mountain of bodies and dispatched the dying, the team found themselves in a large circular switching station, which was little more than a large circular turntable with multiple exits lining the outer wall of the circular chamber. There, check it out, boss, Ivan said suddenly, and all of them turned to see him pointing to a symbol on the wall next to one of the tunnel exits. The symbol itself looked like an inverted triangle, though it was impossible to know what colour it was thanks to them seeing everything in black and white thanks to the night vision gear. But it was still a symbol that Sasha knew very well. What is it? Ava asked, looking at the symbol of the reflective sign, and lost most of its sheen thanks to age and a healthy coating of dust. It is symbol used on military vehicles so that friendly vehicles or planes do not shoot them on accident. Is often used to identify military tunnels without spelling it out as well. Is my bet that this tunnel leads to depot? Sasha said, wiping off some of the dust off the old sign with his hand. Well then, what are we waiting for? Let's be off. The sooner we find this place, the sooner we can secure it and get the hell above ground again. Celine said and Sasha nodded, actually sympathising a little with her plight now. He was trying to put himself in her shoes, or maybe was it Talon's? Either way, she had lived her entire life cruising the grand open skies, as free as well a bird. So to her, this must be playing merry hell with her senses. Her kind weren't exactly built for the confines of an underground existence, where two of their greatest natural assets were rendered pretty much completely useless. That is to say, their eyes and their wings. So with that in mind, he led the team off down the marked tunnel and kept their pace brisk, but not as much as to say easy for them to blunder headlong into yet another pile of ghouls without seeing them first. It seemed that the military had truly buried this particular depot pretty deep, but that was, to be fair, in their favour. The deeper, the better, as much more likely than not only whether they find the depot itself intact, but hopefully its inventory as well. A line of thinking that came true only half an hour later, as without warning they rounded a bend to find themselves face to face with a rather large metal blast door sealing the tunnel off and covered in all sorts of military signages warning them to halt. Pay dirt. Natalia, get box of tricks of yours out, get to work, Sasha said pointing to the terminal on the wall next to the guard station. Natalia simply nodded, detached herself from the group and headed over to the terminal, hooked herself up into it. She was an expert when it came to popping electronic locks. It took her all of a single minute to break the locks that held the ancient gate open. And when it did open, Sasha felt a smile light his face inside his helmet. As you Americans say, pay dirt, he said as his eyes fell upon the countless piles of shipping containers piled as high as I could see into the darkness ahead. So that was chapter 141, ladies and gentlemen, and it looks like Sasha and his friends have hit some pay dirt. But will they find what they intended or will they find more than they bargained for in the depths of the abandoned military depot hidden underground? Why was it sealed off and where were its previous occupants? Can only be one way to answer those questions and so many more. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.